What's Appalachian? I'm going to do everything I can in my power to bring resources and money to the area. And that's never going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say that enough that we need good paying jobs. And welcome back to another episode of What's Appalachian. This is Gabe Roush with Goaty Greathouse. And uh, man, we're pretty excited about tonight's episode. Dude, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, I think you and I were both blown away when we when we checked the email and saw who we had. Yeah, that's yeah. Tonight's guest when we landed it. Uh, uh-huh. Very thankful. Um, very thankful for Art, uh, his wife Michelle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm very very excited to see uh, to let you guys in on something great that Art um, and, and them are doing over in Athens, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, excited to give you guys a little bit of background in terms of how Jack Yo's Brew Pub started. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a great story, great place, great food, great beer. Uh, they do a lot for the beer scene and for their community yeah. um, overall. So uh, just kind of a forewarning, the uh, audio via Zoom was about as buzzed as what we were. That's true. That <laughs> so true. we do we do apologize for that, but um, the content, speaking with Art and like his message and everything, like we felt that it was still... It was definitely it, worthy to, yeah. to, to utilize, uh, you know... Gabe and I are big on, on quality content, um, and although, you know, our mics may not have been quality, at least ours was, mm-hmm. um, so that, that we are thankful for. Um, so, guys, I hope you I hope you enjoy um, this this interview with Art, O-Strike, yeah. and, and hopefully you guys uh, crack the cold one with us, and, and we'll, we'll see you after the interview. So we got Art Ostrike here, Jackie O's. We've been doing some research, which plenty of research over the past few years. Having a mystic mama. <laughs> so if you don't care, man, just uh, give us a little bit of a history, just brief history about Jackie O's. Um, yeah. Um, Jack, yes, dude, we just turned 15 years old last month. It's kind of That's crazy. Shit, dude. It is. It's nuts. So I just totally spilled my beer, and I got to find something to clean it up. <laughs> Go for it. What? Over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that'll give me a chance to get another beer before we roll. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jack, yes, was. Uh, Started back in 2005, which is crazy. We weren't called Jaguars till 07, till early mm-hmm. 07. But um, yeah, uh, I kind of grew up as a social butterfly and have always, uh, once I realized, you know, the bar scene and, and whatnot, I've always kind of wanted to run a bar. Yeah. Um, having learned my bar universe in Athens, Ohio. Um, I saw a lot of different things that happened within bars and how that operates and how that works. Right. And um, I uh, kind of bounced overseas and taught English after graduating and um, came back to OU and boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, I was teaching at OU and I still teach at OU to this day. But um, I, uh, yeah, 
happened into a brew pub way back when. And, you know, 15 years later, we're, we're all over the place. You know, for six, seven, eight years, we, you know, you can only buy the, the beer in one place in right. Athens um, as we grew and changed and what, you know, what we did and how we operated mm -hmm. in Athens for years before, you know, production site came online in 13. And, you know, just suddenly it's crazy to be in 3,500 accounts around the state of Ohio and That's countless crazy. other random places, you know, like you could find our beer in lots of other states and countries um, in small amounts at specialty, you know, shops and whatnot. But yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty wild. Uh, really, we've been focused on Ohio for mm -hmm since day one um and continue to be that way because you know if you're going to survive today you got to own your backyard so definitely yeah. definitely dude that's a, i think that's a great point that's a great point uh dude i'm with you on the english scene man i teach i teach high school english uh here in west virginia um so where where was it you you taught art i know you taught overseas well i taught in south korea um for almost three years uh just kind of teaching English. I studied the Russian language. So I, I grew up in the Cleveland area, um, hence the, the Browns, Cleveland. Yeah, I understand. Asphyxiation. Yeah, I understand, dude. <laughs> and uh, my mother was English, Jackie. Uh, she was English. And so I kind of like had a, a international feel about that. You know, my mother had an accent, um, would develop whenever she was sitting around a table with her sisters for more than 20 minutes. Yeah. And, so kind of had a thought, you know, the world's not just a, a small little place. So um, that kind of came out of uh, that upbringing. And, right. And a person who, you know, had a British passport. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I studied the Russian language in high school. We like, it was just odd that we had one, but had a pro Russian program and then continued to study that at OU. Lived in Moscow for three months way back when and, and, uh, when I graduated, I knew that I wanted to go teach overseas, kind of, you know, wandering gypsy soul, freedom yeah. hiding, um, kind of get out there. And so, uh, yeah, South Korea is who had the most attractive offer at the time. And, yeah, I lived there for, again, nearly three years, which is pretty cool. And I came back here after having bought a uh, a bagel shop, a bagel street deli, and uh, started teaching at the university in the linguistics program. So I got a master's degree in linguistics and have sort of just been – teaching internationally-minded, business-oriented, problem-solving yeah. stuff for for the past 15 years. Right. right. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, I know you talked about um, having just that want to get into, like, the bar industry and stuff. Um, how did, like, what background did you have in beer, craft beer specifically? Like, how did you get into that scene? Um, <clears throat> well... You know, the, the, you say you're looking to buy a bar, and uh, the one that was available <laughs> made the most sense. Just mm -hmm. happened to have a brew pub in it. Um, you know, so uh, Brad Clark, you know, great friend, and, and uh, teammate for a long flipping time. Um, he, uh, I played with his homebrews uh, quite a bit in undergrad, and, you know, having a mother from England, you know, I tried different English beers um, pretty, you know, fairly frequently. Um, Newcastle yeah. specifically was in the in the fridge from, you know, the time I could, from, from when I could remember. And, yeah. uh, you know, different cultures, you know, where we would 
I was drinking Newcastles at, you know, 14, 15 years old. I'd split yeah. a beer with my mom on a yeah. Sunday dinner at home because she didn't want the whole thing. And, you know, I was into it. So um, kind of started off off there. And then, um, you know, a lot of Sammy Smith's Winter Welcome, a hill and undergrad and stuff yeah. in the 90s and, and, uh, and things along those lines. So a taste for something outside of the norm um, yeah. well, of American lagers and light you know, this yellow beer that we, most of us grew up on. Yeah. And, uh, so it really just started there. And then, you know, again, next thing you know, uh, there's, I'm in control of a, of a group hub and, um, you know, years and years later, you know, just kept experimenting and playing and going yeah. forward. And, and uh, yeah, here we are. So dude, you know, here you are, you open up the group hub at what age? Art. I was 29, actually. Okay, so you opened up this brew pub at 29 um, in Athens, Ohio. What was the craft beer scene like uh, when you first opened it? Um, I know just in terms of Gabe and I, we live in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, you know, a lot of there are a few of our friends that, that if they drink a craft beer, they're like, oh, shit, dude, like, what the hell are you drinking? What, what was their reaction like? Uh, to the people in Athens when you first opened up the brew pub with well, craft beer? Well, so we bought an existing brew pub. So that was yeah. kind of fortuitous because, you know, Ohulis had been making um, making beer and uh, for, I don't know, 96, for 10 years when we got in there. So we kind of had a little built-in. Okay, that's good. Already. Yeah. Which was great. And, you know, I mean, I, I drank there for years in undergrad. It was a dollar a pint in yeah. the late 90s, a, from eight till nine. Right. A dollar a pint. So we'd go in there, slam four beers in power hour, and go about our merry way. Um, <laughs> so, like, beers like, like Raz Wheat, for one, was, I don't know, 1998. It was brewed <laughs> in that facility. So, you know, our Raz Wheat today is a much different creature. Uh, mm-hmm. But we continued that and ran with that. Um, we, when we first started in 05, I mean, what was the draft handles were like Red Seal, uh, Newcastle, um, Miller Light, Bud Light were, were beers that were on draft when I got the keys. Um, right. And uh, quickly we, you know, went at um, bringing in stone, stone ruination, you know, Beers that are like um, Razor Five, you know, beers that West Coast style IPAs that were available to us. We were some of the biggest um, craft beer purchasers in Southeast Ohio at that time right. to augment what what we could produce because we were um, ripping through batches of beer in a week or so. Yeah. At the time of the day, so we couldn't really make beer fast enough for several years, and. Uh, <clears throat> So, yeah, again, to answer your question, it was like, well, we had a clientele that was kind of ready and first, right. and, uh, and you know, just took that and, and really expanded upon it in a lot of wonderful ways. Oh, yeah. Dude. Nice, nice. That's, That's awesome. awesome. So, um, kind of doing our research and stuff, like, uh, we were looking through, like, the history of it and everything, and I had always been curious about the, the name Jackie O's and reading up on that. Like, would you care to share a little bit about that? Sure. So, um it's this is kind of weird, but my um my mother passed away. This isn't weird, but I'll get back to the weird thing here in a second. But um my we got the keys December twelfth, two thousand five. Um I 
went home, you know, went home for, we got the keys, rip it apart, throw it out the, you know, we destroyed a bathroom to make it actually nice and hospitable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. having the whole family yeah. around helping clean stuff up. Um, you know, found a half a tank full of beer in the basement and had the one of the worst hangovers of my life after attacking that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, just really, I have these nice lists of things to do that we were putting together for those three to three weeks or so before we did our soft opening. And um, January 2nd or 3rd uh, in 06, I got the phone call from my dad that mom had terminal um, terminal cancer. And that she, yeah. they weren't sure how long she was going to live at that point. But, um, you know, it was terrible. 57 years. Well, she was 56 at that time. Turned 57 shortly, shortly thereafter. And, um, you know, she died in June that year. Wow. So it was like, you know, very uh, difficult time. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to lose your mom when you're 30 years old. That's just yeah. not to be. And, you know, as I have like a, a three-year-old and a six-month-old downstairs, it's like, you know, I could really use a grandmother right now. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and so could they for that matter. But yeah. um, that was... 14 years ago, 15 right now, actually. And um, she, it'll be 15 years in June when she had passed. And so, um, you know, going through those emotional things that, you know, we're drinking and, yeah. and commiserating with your friends while, while yeah. going back and forth to Cleveland to go help support that. My brother and sister were thankfully at a time when they could just move to Cleveland and be at home. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it was like midway through that commiserating with your friends and whatnot. It's like, you know what? Let's call this place Jackie O's Pub and Brewery. Mom's name is Jackie. Last name is O-Strike. Right. You know, Jackie Onassis was always in the news as Jackie O. Yeah. They friends, so that my mom's nickname was always Jackie O because, you know, that's a famous person around and she was Jackie O-Strike. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, it kind of fit the bill. And um, I told mom on uh, Mother's Day in 16 and 06, Hey, we're going to name this thing Jackie O's Pub and Brewery. And she's like, a bar? And I was like, off, Mom. <laughs> a bar? Um, but yes. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of where 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 that came That is where that came from. And, um, you know, the tanks in the brew pub are named Hank, Jackie. That's my parents. Yeah. And um, my name is Andrew Arthur. So right. but it says Art. Brian and Katie from my siblings. The, the yeah, cool. was called Brutus. That was her dog at the time. You know, it's wow. just kind of where that one went. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but so one of my, this weird, my mom's, one of her only wishes was take care of her mother. And yeah. um, actually, Nanny uh, passed away two days ago. Oh, um, man, sorry to hear that. It's okay. She's in a better place. You know, we're talking about a gritty English woman from <laughs> Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, you know, survived. She lived in London during the bombing, you know, during World War II. So the bombings of London, and she lost three children along the way. So you know, we're talking about a gritty, hard-nosed woman who had a hard life. And, of course, Damn. of course, she survived 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but she's the, she was in the retirement home down here. And, uh, you know, it was a really rough year, man. Like, not yeah. being able to see her, it's like a terrible... Yeah. Oh, no shit, dude. I, I, I don't even want to imagine... You know, yeah, and so you know, I saw it the third and, and that, but yeah, that's that's where the name came from, and it's um pretty awesome. Like when my brother gave a speech as my best man, you know, he's talking about seeing Jackie O's all over the place and mom's yeah. name and this and that. And so it's pretty yeah. pretty cool. 
Dude, I, I wanted to I wanted to hit on something um, that I had seen too was was the whole longevity scene. Um, dude, give me a little background information on that because that was pretty badass. Yeah, because your siblings went and uh, trekked Mount Everest, right? Correct. So, um, you know, I'm sitting there running a bar, restaurant, okay, and um, I, I hear my sister and I are like, you know, at home. Mom's like in alive but back there in the room and brian's back there talking to her and i'm like he comes out and she's like mom gave me permission and we're like what the are you talking about he's like well she just told me i could go climb everest and i was like (laughs) yeah we we like having a brother brian okay so yeah let's let's not go dying on us because uh, we like that and um um but yeah so you know as i'm running this bar uh, sorry, as I'm running this brew pub, um, the uh, Brian's training for climbing Everest. Yeah. Know, he had done a lot of trekking in the Himalayas. He also taught English in South Korea and also spent a lot of his free time um, traipsing around either uh, Nepal or Thailand. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, set out for a fundraiser to go to climb Everest without oxygen. Um, and with our, bitch, yeah, with our, friend, uh, our friend, Justin Hewitt, um, and, you know, Katie was their, their, uh, main support, um, on the mountain. You have to pay to have Sherpa support mm-hmm. uh, at a certain level, but, um, Katie did more than that. So Katie and her friend, Rachel kind of ran, um, ran base camp and, uh, yeah, it was their support network. And my dad actually showed up for a little bit too um, at, at base camp. And uh, Longevity is a lung cancer research organization based out of Chicago. Yeah. And uh, they were, we, we did a lot of, we did it in their name to raise money for lung, lung cancer research. Mom was yeah. a non smoker, healthy lady, all that stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, so it just didn't make sense. And it's, you know, cancer fucking sucks, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and, man. You know, um, so that's what that was for. And so, um, initially, we're like, all right, we're going to make you a beer for this. And, you know, Brad was like, we're going to make this IPA. We got this nice, like, mountainy looking tap handle on one of our original old school handles. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I don't really like IPAs, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we, Chonalungma was born from that. So because of the Newcastle tie, we did mm-hmm. a, um, a, a Honey Brown. Yeah. Um, Named it Chumalungma. Chumalungma um, means goddess, mother of the earth in Tibetan. So it has ma, and me being the linguist, of course, that's like ma means mother everywhere. Lung is in that word, you know, as we're doing that. So it fit on a lot of different triple entendre, if you will. So, um, yeah, and on May 23rd, 07, Brian summited with Justin. They did throw on oxygen at 28,500 feet. Um, Justin was showing signs of cerebral edema, and the Brian was like, put this on. And <laughs> exactly. And they summited. You know, and so every year we have a party on that day. I try to do different draft offerings out there of uh, riffs on that on Chumalungma. Yeah. Um, you know, you've probably seen some of the articles out there about that and where that goes. And, and uh, that's been a pretty cool thing to do all these years. And we typically are able to kick uh, 
throw some money towards longevity as a yep. result of those, those events. That's cool. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, something that we've started with the podcast has been a chugging for charity segment that we're wanting to get up and running. Um, and uh, Gabe and I, for the first for the first episode, we're, we're going to do a we're going to do a beer chug for uh, for uh, longevity, longevity and um, make a donation to make it. make a mad donation to uh, longevity. So um, hopefully, you know, that'll help. Um, so. I mean, we've talked about pretty much all of the world so far, kind of in in your travels and your life experience, man. But but why Appalachia, Ohio, to settle down with Jackios? So, you know, coming here for undergrad um, was a pretty different place, you know, and uh, I really fell in love with this place during my seven years of undergraduate career. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't been there, dude? Come on now. And, uh, you know, it's a really good time. So when I was over, when I was in Korea, and I was like, man, I kind of want to go back there. I kind of want to go back there. I kept thinking that. And I thought I was going to be a high school teacher. Like, right. I have degrees to do that. Yep. Um, so, you know, Cody, I appreciate that a lot. Like, Thanks, man. I, was, I have a, a degree to teach um, history, uh, government, and Russian, okay, in, within, those, uh, within those age brackets in the state Damn, of Ohio. Dude. Yeah, uh, I'm never gonna do that. Unfortunately. Right, <laughs> the Swiss um, Army knife of knowledge. Right, you know. <laughs> and uh, so then, but I, I really thought I was gonna do that. And then um, Bagel Street Deli came in for sale, and I was kind of heartbroken that my my girlfriend from undergrad years um, came over to Korea a couple of months after I did, and we had broken up, and I moved to a different city, and I almost moved back to run Bagel Street then, but. Um, we got a deal that, you know, allowed us to be able to purchase it. I'd saved, you know, a chunk of cash when I was living in Korea. Um, came back here and started my entrepreneurial spirits. My my dad was a um, union drywall contractor in Cleveland. So, you know, I saw firsthand the, the workload, the, the, for better or worse, of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, growing up and you know it's like man I think I could do this and I you know here we go yeah, yeah. dude uh, that's that's killer man you're, you're and I and I'll just say you know your story uh just just from reading stuff like that man your, your story's just absolutely killer dude you've just traveled you you've experienced things and, and I think uh, one thing as a as an English teacher, um, I tell my students all the time. You know, um, coming from Appalachia, we kind of live in a sheltered area um, from other cultures, from other um, from other experiences and things like that. And and you are the epitome of um, getting outside of the borders of your hometown, your home state, and experiencing things that open your eyes to so much more than just um, your comfort zone. You know what I mean? Yep. So, you know, I gave, I didn't really, Cody, sorry, I didn't really answer your question. So I fell in love with this area um, mm-hmm. when I was uh, here, those seven long years. Yeah. And I, I thought I was going to get this degree <laughs> in linguistics and probably go back, you know, teach English in China or somewhere, some cushy mm-hmm. five-month vacation per year. Uh, <laughs> um, but, man, I just keep falling in love more and more with Appalachia every day. I mean, it's yeah. so beautiful. We've got all this land, all these great people who give you the shirt off their back. And right. uh, I am um, going to do everything I can in my power to bring 
resources and money to the area. And that's never going to stop. Yeah. yeah. I can't say that enough that we need good paying jobs. We need decent paying jobs, let alone, let alone good paying jobs. And, you know, oh, man. our projects, uh, our upcoming projects for the, for the future are going to um, foster that ability. They're going awesome. to help bring money down 33, create jobs a little bit up in Columbus, but also um, mm-hmm. help the southeastern Ohio in a lot of different ways. There's no place that needs money more in Ohio than yeah. South Ohio. So I agree. Man, that's we're awesome. excited about where we're going and what we've been doing and, and um, hopefully bringing – getting jobs better and better jobs every day down there. Yeah. 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 And I, I think at times I can only imagine, dude, when you get the opportunity uh, to take a step back and kind of breathe it all in and, and look at it from a holistic point of view, um, dude, look at everything you've accomplished up to this point, man. Um, I, I would be one to say, dude, I, I guarantee you, uh, your mom's proud of shit, man. I can tell you that right now, man, the difference that you made just in terms of what I've read, uh, and, 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 and what I've learned about you as a, as a human being, um, I'm telling you, man, you're, you're make, you're making a difference and you're leaving your thumbprint in that uh, corner of Appalachia. Yeah. yeah in that corner of Appalachia, amazing, man. uh, Point Pleasant, you know, where we're at is, is so similar just because we're on the border of Southeast Ohio and we and might as we well be an extension. Too, yeah. I mean, we all um, face the same stuff. Yeah. And the fact to hear you say, you know, you, you fall in love with this all the time, you know, every day, dude, it's, that's the way Gabe and I feel about it too. Um, And realistically, that's the whole point of this podcast is to, is to, is to sell, I mean, sell Appalachia a little bit, but, Mm -hmm. but throughout that better understanding that, you know, this isn't what mainstream media makes it seem like, like it's, it's a hell of a place to be, man. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, out at the farm, we've got 44 acres of beautiful shit. You could jump off of these things and land in a little watering hole. you got to jump wisely. But, like, you, you, know, <laughs> you know, like, there's just all this cool stuff down here. It's just beautiful. It's never, yeah. it always surprises you. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think about 2020 and being trapped in a city in an apartment building. Yep, and I'm like, you know, I, like, walked more miles. I put more miles on my feet. Yeah, the pandemic that I have in my whole life. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the time I've never seen anybody. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, it's just you know, I feel like at times a lot of people think um, the people that we've interviewed, the small business owners, they've always said, um, you know, the people are so unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope our listeners at times, because, because we have listeners up down the east coast, I hope a lot of them. Don't, don't hear, hear that, that and just think it's just a generalization or some uh, some bullshit that people just want to say, oh, well, the people are great. Like, I don't think people truly understand how kick-ass the people are in Appalachia. Oh, for sure. Until they experience it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Once you're in, man, you're in. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> a great way to put it. You're, you're staying. Hell yeah. yeah. You're staying, right. Yeah. Pretty cool. That, that's awesome because, like, uh, you, you talk about your farm and stuff like that. And I know you guys, well, and, and you mentioned about like bringing more jobs to like South, Southeast Ohio and stuff. You can talk about your farm and you guys source so much stuff for your business locally. Like it's Appalachian grown. And I think that's really cool. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough thing. Yeah. Um, I know that. 
you know, like we set out years ago to like grow stuff that we couldn't get at the mm-hmm. farm, yeah. you know, and that that's a very difficult thing to do. I can't express that enough because you yeah. can't, you can't really just do that. And the way the world is today, that the farm's always been kind of like a, a pet project. Yeah. Um, there's a gonna, it's going to be amazing. One of these days, it's really, it's freaking awesome right now. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But there's, um, at some point, I can't wait to invite the universe to that facility. Definitely, man. And I think one thing that's been killer, dude, was just from what I'd seen, um, like you guys don't use pesticides with a lot of the shit that you, with all the shit you grow. So, you know, you know, you have to grow more um, than what you would normally need because of the loss that you take of, of, of you know, crop. Dude, that's, that's kick-ass in itself, especially the way society's going today yeah. with organic things and, and pesticides and whatnot. Yeah, it's uh, it's not easy, that's for sure. But, you know, it's where we're at and what we're doing, and um, we're pretty excited about uh, the direction it's headed. It's, yeah. 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 So, so so in your guys' 15 years, like, what would you say, like, Jack, you is, like, your guys' whole conglomerate, like, what would you say was, has been the biggest challenge for you guys overall? So I say this a lot. I get, you know, so Ohio University is here. So I get interviewed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I figure it out. Journalism school, you know, there's a, like we're well known for our journalism school and there's a lot yeah. of that. And so the best part and the most difficult part are the people. Yeah. So, man, I mean, when we started in 2005, there were five employees. Um, pre-pandemic, there was 120. Right. Um, you know that is a very difficult thing to manage because you, yeah. you know you want to you want your Appalachian heart to be on out there. You know, yeah. yeah. And you can't when there's 120 people, you can't you can't do that. You know, yeah. you can manage people who manage people. You know, mm-hmm. that's like, but it's difficult to it puts you in weird spots at times that you. Um, you want to know everybody. You want to know everybody's story, and you want to know it well, and you want to be able to help and assist them. Much yeah. like, like our culture is around here, yeah. and that's always possible. And that's pretty tough yeah. uh, to 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 do that. And, you know, managing that growth with those people, coupled together, this is a very difficult thing. And I I uh, I have sworn up and down that we will never grow by more than ten percent by volume ever yeah. again. Yeah, well, I, I think that I think that ties in with with our heart um, as educators, man. You know, uh, dude, I'm telling you, uh, I've been at the game, which I, I'm young. Uh, I've been at it for about seven years now, uh, but the amount of kids I wish I could save, um, it doesn't always happen, though, man. And and you know that just as well as I do. Uh, but I, I think that's just I think just our heart, man. You know. Yeah, this big bleeding heart, and I want to help them. And you know, sometimes I put myself out there. I'm like, man, why am I doing this? Why am I exactly. doing this? I got this baby downstairs who needs to quit waking me up every night. Yeah, <laughs> yep, I'm in the same boat, dude. I feel you. I got a three yeah. and six month old. Yeah, same Honestly. thing. Dude, that's crazy. When was the six month old born? Uh, wait, is she six month? Almost six month. August or no, July, July thirtieth. Yeah. Wow, we're we're two weeks off on that. What about the three year old? Uh, he was uh he was August eleventh. Okay, so Wilford's a little younger. He was Mine was October 10th. Yeah, okay. 2019. Got it. 
Um, Wilford, it's like crazy. He was sleeping so good, right? All yeah. of a sudden, his little brother shows up in the universe, and now, I mean, he was literally sleeping 11 to 12 hours a night. <laughs> now, every three hours, he comes and tries to crawl about with me, and yep. he doesn't like that. He wants to go back to his room, so he tries to drag me with him. <laughs> you, you sleep with me, Daddy? Yeah. yeah daddy, I want you to sleep with me. I'm like, oh, man, you can't really? turn that down. Be like, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, bud. Yeah, sure. as I'm like stretching my neck and sleeping up. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then you find yourself just, you know, sleeping in a race car bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with like a foot shoving up in your face, man. Oh, get out of here, Oh, shit. So, um, <laughs> you, you guys just opened up a, a, a place in Columbus, which is pretty awesome. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I, I'm interested about that because I know Columbus has a huge beer scene as is, and you guys, like, adding to that is phenomenal. We, um, have been talking about and looking at a place in Columbus for, I'm going to say six or seven years. Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple facilities that are finally about to open or just opened that, you know, we were kind of offered way back when. Mm -hmm. um, and we were really close to pulling um, the trigger on a deal uh, that would have It's probably like still like seven or eight months away from today. Yeah. But we were like really close. We were like gonna work with the developer and go at it like that. And and um but COVID we were wrenching everything. So yeah. Um, you know, my bank was on board, you know, it took seven years for the bank to talk to me, but they love me today. So <laughs> Uh, you're like, okay, guys, I really want to do this, and here's what I'm going to need. It's a little bit weird. I'm not sure, but I just wanted to prep you, prep you, and I've been prepping them for like a year about this project. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then, you know, with COVID, I'm like, well, who knows what's going to happen here? And I, I saw a deal that made sense in a facility I'd been in, a facility that needs love, okay, needs love, underline it, bold it, italicize it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but went and checked it out. I was like, man, I, I could I could see us moving here. It's a good location. I like what's going on. It's got space. It's got a couple of things we've never had before. And uh, I put the offer in for the asking price and didn't get it. I was like, all right, well, shit. We're back to the... Yeah, back, back to, to square one. one. Back to square one. But the other projects with the developer was still there. But you know, I kept calling the guy who owned it. I was like, hey, man, I haven't seen anything in the news about it. I haven't seen anything. And a month and a half later on the third thing, I texted him. He called me right back. He said, you still want it? I was like, yeah. He goes, same deal? I said, same deal. Let's do it. I'll be there in an hour and 32 minutes, and I'll sign some papers. And boom, boom, boom. There we go. There so, um, You know, it's kind of like a production facility. I don't know if you guys have been to Elevator. It's like right next to mm. Pins. It's in between Pins. I've and seen it. I know, what, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, you guys play ping pong by chance? Oh, yeah. I'm a big – I love yeah, ping pong. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. So – Next time I see it, we're going to be playing ping pong at Pins. So All right, Art. It's on. Is that an invite? Right, yes, sir. Because if so, so, it's on, dude. I'm telling yes, you. Yes, sir. Lifelong All here. About. Yeah, all about it. All right. Um, so, you know, that elevator facility has got a lot of potential, and it's going to be great. Columbus has been our biggest market um, all these years and <laughs> continues to be our biggest market. Um, we want to uh, brew beers in Columbus for Columbus. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we want to showcase what we've been doing down here in Athens for years. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, um, there's a lot of uh, specialty niche products that uh, you need to hand sell them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When you hand sell them, man, they're, they're off they go. Yeah. Um, John Clift, um, our uh, general manager there, um, is uh, has been our sales rep for years. He bartended for us years ago. I'm sure you guys have met Johnny along the way. And, uh, you know, dude, he's, it's like exactly what he's been looking for. It's exactly what we've been looking for. And slowly over time, that's going to turn into an amazing facility. So That's awesome. Yeah, dude. I, I think it's cool, you know, with you just saying that, um, you know, giving the opportunity for somebody to kind of, you know, move up the ranks to, to where he's at. You know what I mean? That, that's awesome. Thank well, you. and like, you know, when, you know, when Brad left, um, Seth, who's been with us forever, stepped right in. Alan Gordon stepped right in. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, everybody's kind of jumped up a little bit and, and risen up to the, to the challenge of, of running their respective departments and we've gotten yeah. specialized than we've ever been and we're better than we've ever been at all the stuff we're doing. So um, excited about um, the direction of the liquid that uh, will happen sure. in Columbus. Oh, yeah. Brewing in Columbus. Yeah. My question is, as a beer guy, so like the, the, the special releases you guys have in Athens are like nuts, like lined up. Like I'm curious, like if you guys do releases in Columbus, like oh my really god! Really curious to hear about that. It'd be like Black Friday. Get worse. Like, like what your <laughs> Jesus. Who knows? Like we're we'll see what happens. I mean, I with you know we're trying to make a COVID friendly option. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Because who knows where this thing goes? Mm-hmm. And like you know we canceled. We sold Apple. You know we sold like all of our biggest releases in 2020. We sold them online. It's yeah. so crazy. It's like a that's crazy. That you never let anyone line up. Um, we can't wait for those lines. We can't wait to throw a big ass party again. I yeah. love throwing parties. I love facilitating that stuff. And it's yeah, not yeah. stop. It's not over. It's just you know taking a bit of a hiatus. And we need to do it right. Um, when, when we do it again, we're going to do it right. It'll be happening in both locations and. And all that stuff, and it's yeah, it's gonna be pretty exciting. We'll get right back to these crazy draft lists with all this stuff going on that you know warps people's brains. We're we're getting back to that, yeah. Uh, and Columbus will be set up in a way to help facilitate that, uh, awesome. just as much as Athens has. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, so a question we ask everybody because this is fundamental to us. This is central to us. Is like, what does it mean to you to be Appalachian. We usually get we usually get a long pause there for yeah. that question. It's okay, Art. Don't sweat it. Man. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, it's in here. You know, yeah. um, it's in your heart. It's like what you're what you're doing. It's supporting your neighbor. It's like giving people, yes. you know, acting like you'd never hug somebody, but hugging everybody. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Being like. You know, be, like I keep saying, I can't wait to get shit-faced and hug random strangers. Man, it's going to be awesome. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, to me, that's where it's at. Like, wearing your, wearing your heart on your sleeve. Like, you know, um, being you, being comfortable in your shoes, and, you know, helping society in your own, your own unique way. Hell yeah, man. That's, I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that, man. Cheers to you, Art. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where's my camera? It's over here, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Dude, 
dude, Art, it's been killer, dude. I appreciate you coming in with us. Um, My pleasure. All right, so now it's time for one of my favorite segments. I like all of her segments, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Th- this one is always just positive. It is. And we, we do what we do the entire show anyways. And mm-hmm. we have a few beers. Yeah. As per usual. Right. Um, but it's time for uh, our drink of the segment, and we have a guest. Dude, I'm excited about this one. I know we got a big John Eisner from Atpod Latcha joining us this evening, guys. Thanks for having me. This is great. I, I love Dude. this segment. This is like one of my favorite segments on on any podcast because if I get an excuse to drink beer, uh, <laughs> I'm game. I am all for it. It's <laughs> yeah. on. It's probably it's, it's a yeah. good it's a good break for your for your bar studies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking bar to a to a whole new definition. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so, uh, Big John, man, what are you drinking to today? Oh man, I okay. So first off, I got to drink to the idea of passing the bar. So just I'm being a little selfish on that one. No, no you're good, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I also have to throw it in. I'm drinking one of the greatest West Virginia oh, yes. beers that you can get. Yeah, uh, Mothman the IPA. IPA. Uh, the other thing I'm drinking to is all of the people. Uh, I, I won't get political, but all of the people who are standing up for what they believe and yes. and doing it correctly. Yes, that's, my man. That's who I. That's who I'm drinking for right now. The people who, maybe they are upset at the election. Maybe they are upset with where we're going. You know, a, as a country or even as a world. But they're they're doing. They're making the change themselves. Not mm-hmm. by not by rioting or throwing themselves into the, the Capitol building. Right. Yeah. But like running for office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, be the change you want to see. Right. Exactly. Like you. what democracy was built for. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we need more people like that, and 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 for the the people who I hope we see more young people who who see this now and and start mm-hmm. to get really motivated. Maybe they listen to your podcast and they get motivated that they want to start doing you know things for for the better like you all do. And th- I mean, I think that's who I'm drinking to tonight. Dude, uh, hell yeah, man! Oh, hell yeah, drink. To I'll that, drink man. to that. Cheers to you, Big John. Cheers. All right, Gabe. What do you think of my man? What is uh, what you bring to the table tonight? Well, man, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's this was this has been a hard segment to prepare for after it the, has after all, all the shit, shit that went down place. yesterday on what sixth. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a depressing day. <laughs> I've just been reflecting on all, everything that just happened. It has been. Um, but got home and I was talking about my wife and talking to my wife and everything and. Um, She's a teacher, uh, and and she just returned from maternity leave. Uh, she just had our our little girl back in July, and she's coming into this. And the worst part of this pandemic, going back to five days in, of instruction here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm I'm drinking to the teachers, man, that are they're out fighting the good fight, ed- educating because we know <laughs> how imperative that is. Yeah, <laughs> after some <laughs> stuff, but uh, I'm drinking to teachers, West Virginia teachers, but. Teachers everywhere, man. Hell yeah. We'll do yeah. that. That's, right the, that's the best one right there. Mm-hmm. The unsung heroes. Unsung heroes, man. Always the people who, who get the short end of the stick, but we expect the most of them. It's most insane. definitely, dude. You're <laughs> right. You're right. They have to be a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Educator, exactly. counselor, parent. Most definitely. Exactly. <laughs> most definitely. I mean, my wife has bought shoes for kids before, and I know that she's not the only teacher that's done stuff like no, that. No, definitely so, not. By far. Yeah. By far. 
yeah. So I'm, nah, I got to throw that out. For I understand. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to switch it up a little bit uh, with my drink to that segment. It may be a little counterintuitive because I am a teacher, but dude, I'm going to I'm going to do the opposite of you, and I'm going to drink to the kids, man. Oh, okay. I know this is, okay. like I said, I know it's counterintuitive. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a leader in the classroom and I understand, you know, but at the end of the day, dude, our, our kids have, you know, just like all of us sitting here have, our kids have been thrown a curveball bigger than shit. I mean, dude, you, you look at the kids that are living with their grandparents right now. Yeah. Grandparents have to, you know, learn technology, uh, make sure their kids, you know, make sure these kids are doing their work. And for the most part, I mean, some of the kids are, some of the kids aren't, and it is what it is. But like, at the end of the day, our kids are just like us. We're trying to survive a pandemic here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it gets to the point to where let's put education on hold for a second. I'm not, I mean, I'm an, I'm a teacher. I know it's important, Mm -hmm. but I mean, let's look at the bigger picture here. You know, um, I think, I think our kids are, are dealing with a lot. And I I tell my kids in the classroom all the time, you know, you look at Christmas break, Thanksgiving break, summer break. Guys, there are some kids in West Virginia, Appalachia, in the nation that literally do not want to go home for the holidays because their home lives are are terrible. Yeah. Um, And they've had to deal with that since last March. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, So I want to throw one back to the kids that, that put up with, uh, the BS that that adults are fighting over, for sure. um, and and <laughs> yeah, and push on through it. Um, and I'm gonna throw one back for the for the students, man. Yeah, and, and they're doing all this while they can't participate in the extracurriculars that typically motivate them to really try harder. Yeah, to really push yeah. themselves. So, yeah, man, I'll, I'll drink to that. All right, good point. Thank you. Man, I love this segment. <laughs> it's, if, if I can, if I could chime in, it's interesting that you say that as a as a teacher, you're talking about you know we we need to focus on the students as well. Obviously, the teachers are in a really hot, you know tough spot. I yeah. I I think we forget that too much. It, you know, yeah. we we live in a very political world, and we also live in a very um, stress induced world, right? Yeah. Where where we as adults start to think about other adults, but at times we forget that really the business of teaching you, you don't have you're not a teacher without the kids right, right yeah. and so without that they're kind of your clientele but we tend to forget that we we instead look at the teachers as clientele when really right. yeah. they're they're the experts teaching the clientele exactly so, so i think that you know i i, I do find that interesting I, I think that that is something that more people need to talk about yeah yeah, yeah i think so too um and it, it uh it's it's hard at times um, you know, especially, uh, with the things that, that you witness even through virtual, I think, mm-hmm. I think going virtual has kind of opened some eyes to some, um, to some teachers because these kids will hop on and not knowing they'll have their camera on. And in the background, you can see what they're living in. And it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. That's why you didn't do your homework last week. Yeah. You know, I'm, it, I think in a way, it, obviously, no one wanted this pandemic, but no. in, a, in a way, that is one of the silver linings of all of this. Is that I think teachers, obviously, being far apart sucks, but yeah. this may this may bring them even closer to their students. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. to, to really sure. understand them. Yeah, I think so too. Well, my wife just today, like she she had virtual. I mean, this is her first week back I'm, I'm, with seeing kids and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, she had virtual. And like one of her favorite students, like was like 
super excited because this is grade school wage. Yeah. I mean, she like pushed her pretty much to tears to just be, just to see how excited he was to see her yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. So that's I thought awesome. that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah and I think, awesome. uh, I think it's something that's put on the back burner quite often. You know, a lot of people say you, you have no idea what these kids are going through. These kids are going through a lot. And like, I understand what you're saying and I hear what you're saying, but, it, but at the end of the day, like you don't, you really don't understand because no. you haven't seen it. You haven't been out to their houses. You haven't, you're not even a fly on the wall in their scenario. Like I'm glad <laughs> that you have this um, empathy or sympathy. Yeah. I get them mixed up, yeah. but I'm glad you feel the way you do, but you don't truly understand um, the, the caliber of, of issues that our kids are facing here. For sure. Well, um, especially in a place like Appalachia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, although all of our, all of our, podcast episodes you know we try to shine some positive light on Appalachia and you guys do too but just like any other area it definitely has some downfalls too but I think we have to be realists and and look at this these issues that we're facing you know yeah if you don't identify them you'll never fix them I mean exactly we if we continue to to pretend like everything is is uh, all all good people are going to look at the region and say what are the, you know, they've told us that they're fine. What do they need yep. this for? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I think uh, this type of dialogue here is what really needs to happen in regions like Appalachia, because it's one thing we are, we are a region of some tough ass individuals, right? Yeah. Like we, we do not like to be vulnerable. I talked to Chuck about this a couple of times where like, he's like, well, why don't you tell him the story about, you know, your dad or something? I was like, oh, shit, I don't want to be vulnerable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's tell him about that time. Like I won that third grade fight. Right. Yeah. Like, let, let's, <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Let's, let's remind people why I'm called big John. Right. Which is, yeah. <laughs> which is absolutely not how I got the nickname. <laughs> you know, it just turned out, uh, you can, you can turn childhood obesity into a nickname just like that. <laughs> Just like that, it clicks. Yeah. You get a Big Mac. Yeah. 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 So I mean, you, you guys get it. Uh, so I mean, it, these are this is the dialogue, and I think people get scared to talk about things, you, you know, like what the teachers are going through or like what the kids are going through because they don't want to they don't want to admit that there are problems in Appalachia. Which yeah, uh, I think that that podcasts like yours and ours kind of gets looked at as hiding some of the details yeah, behind mm-hmm. Appalachia, but that's not true. The, the right. truth the truth behind it is that we don't allow people to define us without actually knowing any of the information. Yes. Perfect, so, yes. So by you discussing the information, you're a teacher, you have the the actual knowledge of what these kids are going through. That's what we need to start looking at rather yeah. than politicians or wannabe politicians pushing a narrative that they continue, <laughs> they continue to push. Yeah, yeah, we charter schools, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. You're not Derek. I had to. What a solid guy. I'm, just, look, I'm, I'm glad just, that he's representing Wayne County. Does anyone know how I can donate to his campaign? Oh, That's my God. I get, get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, never mind (laughs) i don't think we have enough beer in the fridge no (laughs) i was gonna say if we're starting on that i'm i gotta get to the liquor store real quick (laughs) exactly (laughs) dude exactly Uh, exactly we'll save it for another day day. (laughs) man john i can't tell you how much we appreciate you uh hopping on with us for this segment and everything man but but like uh we're big fans of what you guys do everything you guys stand for um and really encouraged the, the, the dozens of listeners that we may have 
to definitely check out Apod Latcha. Yeah. I, I love that. Chuck gets mad whenever I say stuff like that. He's always like, you're not supposed to tell him how, like, you, you know, you got to be real with him. I'm like, but self-deprecation, you know? Yeah, they, dude. You guys, you guys get it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> We're from Appalachia. We're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's shit, all right. if, if I can't crack a joke, I mean, no one else can. That's yeah, kind of right, right. you know, that's it's my a level. It's a level of modesty. It is. It is. And, <laughs> and realism for us. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, but in, in all seriousness, we love what you guys are doing. I wouldn't normally jump on a, another podcast unless I really uh, liked what they were doing or valued what they were doing. I think you guys are, are great in the sector where you are. You're, you're telling the truth. You're doing the things that people really need to be doing. And the big thing that I really encourage your listeners to do is to support the small businesses that you yes. all continue to push forward because I, I love what you guys are doing with that. Uh, it, you know, if you look at some of the things that Chuck and I have, have tried doing dude. with the, the guides yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, I sure. can't even put that to words, dude, what, what you guys have done mm-hmm. uh, and the outreach that you guys have had with, with the list that you guys have, have compiled and the iPod Latcho awards that you guys, you know, through <laughs> our fun. I, I have such a great time living through those, man. Dude, those awards, man. That that turned in. Uh, that was a drunken night of me uh, thinking like I could host an award show because I was watching Jimmy Kimmel, and that's literally yeah. how that came to be. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so thanks to Jimmy Kimmel and thanks to you all for having having me on. I I really do appreciate it. And again, keep going, no matter where listenership really is. Keep pushing. It's gonna get better, and people are gonna see a good thing and they're going to know it. So I, I really well, I do appreciate, appreciate you guys. John. I really do I'm appreciate gonna, it. I'm going to drink to that too. Well, I drank all my beer. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. This is uh, Cody Greathouse, Gabe Roush here with What's Appalachian. Uh, this is something we've kind of discussed um, in the past with, with Chugging for Charity, what we do. Uh, as we make a monetary donation to a charity that's meaningful to us, uh, obviously. I love to, it. Yeah, and, and, and I think to, to benefit this episode, uh, Gabe and I have, have already made a monetary donation to Longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys have already listened to with, with Art O-Strike, um, with, with Jackie O's Brew Pub there in Athens, Ohio. Um, what we do here with Chugging for Charity, in case you guys are new to it. Yeah. Gabe, is, go ahead. So Chugging for Charity is uh, one of us. Uh has a charity in mind, the other chugs a beer, and during that time, the guy that has the charity information shares as much as he can about that charity until the other finishes his beer. So, yeah. So, I so, think we're, we're dedicating this whole episode just to longevity. To longevity. Uh, so, as you guys have listened to, you know, it's a pretty badass, um, pretty badass fundraiser. So, yeah. so are you ready? Whenever you are, dude. So longevity is totally there for the lung cancer patients. Uh, as you guys had heard, um, Art Ostrike had talked about. Go on. We should probably do like a few beers for this. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> as you guys had heard, uh, Art Ostrike had talked about his mother Jackie um, passing away sadly of lung cancer, which I know we're we're you know we, we know a lot of people that that deal with this. Uh, Cancer's a bitch anyway, it is. Um, and I think a lot of you guys would agree. And Longevity is a, is a charity that um, doesn't necessarily have the, uh, the 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 following that a lot of big cancer charities do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it, it, it has its main focus on lung cancer, uh, and and it's very meaningful to to art. It's very meaningful to us. 
uh, Gabe and I both, um, you know, we have I have I have family members that have died of lung cancer too. So, yeah, and, and I, I feel like it's a very important charity to uh, throw throw some money towards. So, guys, we we truly truly thank you all. We we thank Art for sharing his story of his mother. Yeah, and, and we'll be sharing information on how you can donate uh, to longevity and more information about longevity as well. So check out the uh, show notes, check out uh, our Instagram and Facebook, and we'll be sharing that along. Uh, but man, it's been a great episode. It has it's been dude. one of my fun, most, one, one of most enjoyable. Yeah, you got an English uh, teacher right here. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's the worst part about this, guys. Yeah, sorry. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in for another Definitely. episode of What's Happening. In. This is uh, Gabe Roush signing off with Cody Greathouse, and we'll see you next time, guys. See you guys. Thank you.